0: Let them, Lord. Amen. All right. Here we are again. Good morning, brother. Good morning. I was telling Brother Thomas, if a person came up here to visit this neck of the woods, literally, uh, this week, he would convince himself that this is paradise, probably want to move up here. (laughs) Yeah. It's sure been nice. Kind of like people that go to Florida from up here, in January and February and think, whoa, this is beautiful. <laughs> and then they move down there and August comes. <laughs> and it isn't, uh, it isn't so nice. But the sh- Lord is sure blessed this week. Even gave us a little rain, which every time it rains, somebody says, we needed it. <laughs> Nobody was saying that in Ohio in May. It rained, it seemed like it rained every day. And then went right to 95. So this has really been nice for us been like spring was supposed to be, and uh, you know, regardless of the weather, it's been good to be in church. Been good to be with, with you, got you all, and uh, I just want to thank you for letting us come, and trusting us with your people to minister. That's no small thing to us, so thank you. Take your Bible, go to First John, chapter five. Thank you for praying for our youth camp. Uh, All the kids got home yesterday, early afternoon, safely. There were kids uh, there from Minnesota and Missouri and Ohio. So a lot of of young people were on the road yesterday, going different directions. And everybody got home safely, as far as I know. Our grandkids checked in. They had a great spiritual blessing. And I say that, say this. uh, You guys are taking off today. Some of you are leaving for camp, and uh, and we take that seriously, too. We'll be praying that the Lord would meet and move and and do something in uh, in everyone's life, uh, especially these young people. They uh, This world needs you yeah. to be focused, and they trying real hard to get you distracted. And uh, But what we need, if the Lord continues to tarry, we need uh, some young people growing up, focused on the Lord and determined to follow Jesus. So we'll be praying that that be the result. Uh, 1 John chapter 5, familiar verse. We're going to read verse 13. The Bible says, These things have I written unto you, that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So if you're saved, in there, if you believed on the name of the Son of God, uh, Paul wrote, or uh, sorry, John wrote, to uh, to remind you that you can know that uh, you've got eternal life, and we use that verse a lot and uh, to take to show people that you can know. A lot of people don't believe you can know, but the Bible says you can. So uh, we're going to preach basically out of that. Uh, First John this morning, or teach, I'm sorry, and let's pray. Father, thank you, God. I pray you give me clarity thought. Father, say something that would be a blessing to your folks. Uh, bless those uh, that are here, those that are on their way, those that couldn't come, and convict the hearts of those that should be here. Lord, I just pray for everything that's going on. If there's Sunday school rooms, things like that, I don't really know, but I pray that you'd meet with everyone here. Manifest yourself in a mighty way. Help me to say what you'd have said in Jesus' name. I pray, amen. Uh, John writes this, these things have I written. Now, John wrote five books uh, in your Bible. Uh, of course, he wrote the Gospel of John, we're familiar with. He wrote these three epistles, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And then, he, you know, that last, what was it again? Oh, yeah, Revelation. Amen. Deepest book in the Bible, no doubt. And John wrote it. John wrote a lot of things, but he wrote this. Uh, this epistle, of the First 1 chap- First John five, uh, t- to let you know some things. Now, let me say this: Matthew, the, go- the Gospel of Matthew, presented Jesus Christ as King, and his genealogy goes all the way back. A little refresher, of course. Ge- genealogy goes all the way back to Abraham. Amen. Yeah. He's king of the Jews. Uh, Mark presented Jesus Christ as a servant. Nobody cares about the genealogy of a servant. The only thing you want a servant to do is do what he's supposed to. Uh, Luke presented Jesus Christ as the son of man, and, uh, and his genealogy goes back to Adam, and that'd be in Luke chapter 3 and verse 38. But the Gospel of John presents Jesus Christ as God himself, and uh, his genealogy is found in John, the book of John, chapter 1, verse 1. And it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's the genealogy of Jesus Christ as presented by John. And it was written for a very specific purpose, that gospel, to convince, to convict, and to convert people to Jesus Christ. That was his burden. He wrote some of the most profound verses in the Bible. Of course, you're familiar with John chapter 3, verse 16, 17, 18. He also wrote John 5, verse 24, "Verily, verily, Verily I say unto you, he that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath present tense, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. That's profound. Amen. Uh, Again, his burden was for people to know that they could have eternal life. Somebody said, I don't know who figures this kind of thing out, but somebody said uh, the Gospel of John was written at the fourth grade level. (laughs) Well, I don't know about all that, but if it was... The reason is this. He wanted it to be as easy as possible to understand, for people to understand how to be saved. Amen. Amen. Uh, 1 John, go back. Yeah, I think you're still there. 1 John 5, look at verse 10. 1 John 5, and verse 10. And the Bible says this, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. A born-again child of God has the record of God, the witness of God, in himself. And there's evidence of it. And Jesus referred to that in Matthew 7 and verse 20. He said, Wherefore by their fruits you shall know them. And we're not talking about a haircut. We're not talking about a shave. We're not talking about a suit and tie. That stuff can be faked and often is faked. The fruit is what God does in the heart. And that'll work its, if God moved in a person's heart, it'll work its way out. Things will change in their life. And we want it to be something that we see right now, and it's not always that. Something that sometimes, oftentimes, the thing that changes, attitude and behavior and and things, the way you look at things. He said, work out your salvation. It starts on the inside. Amen. So, in verse 11, in 1 John 5, John wrote this, and this is the record. First he said uh, uh, there, there was a record, and then he said, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son of God hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. I don't know. I don't have any idea what uh, uh, any other version does to make that more clear, I don't see how you could. It looks pretty simple to me, pretty clear. Amen. And verse 13, our text, he said, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe in the name of the Son of God. Many people believe that it's impossible to know. And, you know, okay, except for one thing. The Bible says you can. Amen. All right? So well, I think, well, that's the problem. Uh, we got more thinking and believing going on. The Bible says that, uh, that you can know that you have eternal life. If the Bible said, "You know you couldn't," then I'd believe that. I just believe what the Bible says. Uh, John says in, in, in John 8:32, he shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Uh, the truth will make you free. Religion, on the other hand, won't make you free. I and mean, wondering daily if some thought or some deed or some word had cost you your salvation. Now, one day you're praising Jesus, you're not going to hell, and then it's, oops, what if I'm going to hell again? That is not what God intended. That is spiritual bondage that God didn't put on us. These things have I written. Now, we refer to verse 13 often uh, to prove that you can know that you have eternal life. It says that that you may know that you have eternal life. But it also says, these things have I written. So, I want to teach this morning on these things. It's not just the word that says you may know. There's some things that he wrote in this epistle, 1 John chapter 2. And I uh, just give you what uh, I believe the Lord gave me, and you might find some other ones, and the course, I could go on for too long. but I'm going to deliver what I believe God wanted me to give to you this morning, First John chapter two and verse three, and says this: "And hereby we do know that we know Him." That's what we're talking about. We know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. Now, that almost makes it sound like you could lose your salvation if you break one of the commandments, and there's certainly people that interpret it that way. In other words, you do something wrong, you lie, cheat, steal, kill somebody, there ain't no way you're going to heaven now, you lost it. But uh, what what about the other sins? I mean, what about... 1 Peter 4 and 15, it says, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. I mean, if that's listed with murder and thief and you believe that, a person believe hopefully you don't, uh, would believe that you could lose your salvation for killing somebody, then that's right there with it, friend. Amen. And that sounds pretty serious to me. That would indicate to me you better be more careful than you have been when you're playing around on social media. Because you don't want to be guilty of busy being a busybody in other men's matters if it's as heinous a crime as killing and stealing. But there's other sins too. What about gossip? I mean, the sin of the independent Baptist is gossip. So many things are said about, about the tongue and, and, and discord and dishonoring with your mouth. So many things are said about the tongue being set on fires of hell. And, and why would something be mentioned that often? Because we're guilty of it often. Amen. And so we like to preach on drinking and drugs and smoking, the things that God's given us victory over. And, Sometimes don't even acknowledge the fact that uh, we're out of hand when it comes to that sin. I, maybe if you thought you could lose your salvation, you'd be really a little more careful. I don't know. I don't know about that. But what about this? Here's a verse, and I feel compelled to give it to you. Matthew chapter 5, verse 28, the Lord said, But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery. Now, adultery is a big deal. Uh, But it says uh, already has committed adultery with her already. So we know adultery is bad, but I just want to point out something here. Ladies, if how you dress incites lust in a man, I'm not making this up. According to the verse, you're guilty too. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to just be honest with you. I don't think it's a preacher's job to have to tell you that. Uh, But I'll say this too. If husbands won't, if dads won't, then somebody has to. What do I see traveling around the country? And not so much here, I'll give you that. But it's amazing how worldly Bible-believing women have come to dress following the fads and fashions of this world. world. And somebody said, well, women don't understand how men think. I'm not sure I agree with that coming from the world that I came out of, but I'll tell you this, dads and husbands know how men think. So what's the problem? Amen? Amen. Hold on a second. I was waiting all week for this. Amen, Brother Spurgeon. Amen. Amen. All right, so uh, let's face it. If you could lose your salvation, you would. (laughs) Instead of being saved by grace, you'd be saved by Greece. In other words, you'd be slipping in and out of the family of God all the time. Amen. But you don't lose your salvation when you sin. Look what it says in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. Well, that's definitely the goal. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. The Bible says he is making intercession for us. Constantly. Amen. Because we need it. Amen. We have an advocate with the Father. Amen. Uh, that's like a lawyer. <laughs> we need a lawyer. Uh, Our verse there in First John 2 and verse 3 said, And hereby do we know that we know him if we keep his commandment. Keep means to highly regard. How many of you have heard the term keepsake? Keepsake. Amen. that's kind of the the context. Keep his commandments means that you value them. Uh, uh, When he asked, when Jesus asked the disciples in John chapter 6 after uh, verse 66, coincidental I'm sure, uh, uh, it said, and from this time on many of his disciples went away and walked no more with him. That wasn't because of persecution, that was because of hard sayings. You know why people leave Bible-believing churches? Because the hard sayings, we just say what the Bible says. Oh, I don't like that. I'd rather dial into YouTube. Yeah, I won't preach against your sin, but I'll give you an address. Send money to people. People pay themselves off to have a clean conscience, and that don't work with God. Amen. Keep His commandments means uh, uh, that you value them. When Jesus said. To, to Peter and the, and the the twelve at the time, he said, "Will ye also go away?" And Peter said, "To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life." Amen. Peter valued them. He broke a few now and then. He got right with God. That's what we ought to do. It doesn't mean it, it, if you're really saved, you'll never mess up or you've never done anything wrong. It says in First John chapter four. I'm sorry, verse. Chapter 1 and verse 8, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Amen. We have sin. That's why the next verse says, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He made it as easy to stay right with God as He did to get saved in the first place. All you have to do is be honest with yourself. Why is that important? Because He gave you eternal life. When you believed on Jesus Christ, and he wants to use you to to deliver the message of eternal life to others, and sin will keep you from being able to do that. I had a prisoner one time uh, trying to, uh, you know, present the gospel. I hate to even say lead him to the Lord, but I was trying to give him the information that he needed to get saved, and he said, well, I can't do that. I said, why not? He said, because I don't think I can live it." He had a preconceived notion of what a Christian was supposed to be. I wish some more Christians had a preconceived notion of how a Christian ought to act. He said, I don't think I can live it. I thought for a second, I looked said, son, I don't think I can live it either. <laughs> There's no way, man. So that's why we submit our lives, not just our sin, but our lives to Jesus Christ. Because through him, we absolutely can live it to bring honor and glory to him. Yeah. Amen. All right. Uh, uh, so, so to value the Word of God means that if you, if you do break it, if you do something wrong, uh, you do something about it. And the Bible word for that is repent. That's not real popular these days either. Amen. Well, is it popular with God? And it's popular with our crowd. It should be. Because if you're honest with yourself, you look yourself in the mirror and you'll realize I blew it again and I'm sorry. And, uh, you know, you might uh, said the wrong thing and that, that, be, that take care of it if, uh, if, uh, if God gives you a clear conscience. But it, sometimes it's like going right to Psalm 51, like Brother Thomas said earlier, uh, before thee and thee only I acknowledge my sin and everything like that. That's, we need to keep short accounts with God. We need to repent. First John 2 and 5 says, But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected, Thereby we know that we were in him. This Bible is important. Amen. It's not just a book we tuck under our arm. It's not just something we use to prove that we know something somebody else doesn't know. We need to move that thing to keep its commandments. It means to move it out from under your arm and into your heart. And the benefit for you uh, is going to be that uh, thy word if I hid in my heart then it might not sin against God. And the benefit for the uh, lost and dying world and other Christians too is that you'll be a vessel meet for the master's use. Right. You help somebody else, encourage somebody else. Uh, if, you already heard some, if I were to heard somebody say, hey, uh, uh, I don't care what the Bible says. And I've had people say that. Amen. And that's on now. Uh, but if you heard somebody say that, if you heard one of your kids or one of your church members get crossways with God and you try to... Show them what the Bible says, and they may think it, but if they were to say it out loud, I don't care what the Bible says, bless God, and uh, you'd gasp, amen. But what about people that claim to believe what the Bible says, claim to be Bible believers, and then act contrary to it? What's the difference? I'm going to tell you, to a lost and dying world, nothing. (laughs) They just call us hypocrites. And sometimes they're right. And we need to confess that. Yep. Amen. I'm not taking questions, brother, so I wouldn't talk after. First John chapter 2 and uh, verse 23. Now, number two. Number one had something to do with keeping the word. But number two says, verse 23 Whoso denieth the Son, the same, ha- the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Now one of the things uh, uh, that John wrote, so that you may know that you have eternal life, is that you acknowledge Jesus Christ. Uh, Believing in God is not salvation. Uh, James chapter 2 and verse 19 says, Thou believeth that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. I've witnessed the people that say I believe in God, and there ain't no trembling in them whatsoever. Amen. Believing in God uh, doesn't uh, doesn't uh, all believe. Let me say it like this: All believing in God does is make you smarter than an atheist. It doesn't make you smarter than a devil. Amen. They believe. Uh, Jesus said in John fourteen and verse one: Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Romans chapter ten and verse eleven says. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. No, I'm sorry, that's not right. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth in him shall not be ashamed. They won't perish either. But shall not be ashamed. I gave an invitation at a juvenile facility in Kentucky one year, maximum security place. And uh, and there's about, I don't know, about, I don't know, 15 people in there, men, young men. And... uh, And uh, heads bowed and eyes closed and gave an invitation. And uh, I don't know, a bunch of them, like nine of them, prayed, said they prayed. I said, if you prayed the prayer and uh, asked the Lord to save you, raise your hand. And heads bowed and eyes closed and a bunch of hands went up. And then I said, all right, look up. (laughs) And I said, if you prayed, if you prayed just now to get saved, you prayed and asked the Lord to forgive you, you admitted you're a sinner, stand up no heads bowed, no eyes closed, stand up. And boy, nobody jumped up. And I'm seeing them looking around like that. Finally, one guy stood up. Another guy, he stood up. About half of them stood up. Finally. And I said, let me tell you something. If you won't stand up in front of these other men, in front of me in here, trying to give you the words of truth and life, if you're ashamed to stand up and admit you just trusted Jesus Christ, I wouldn't give you a plug nickel for that little prayer. And I mean it. Amen. And if you've done much personal work, let alone any prison work, you see people pray all the time. Amen. But uh, that's all they do. He wrote this. He says, that, uh, John wrote that, He that acknowledgeth the Son... Acknowledge, yeah, he that acknowledgeth the son hath the father also. Uh, these days, uh, this verse in Titus seems to apply it. In, in, in chapter 1, of verse 16, he wrote, they profess that they know God, but in works they deny him. Being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work, reprobate. It, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Amen. Uh, he wrote, he that acknowledges, the Son hath the Father also. And when when John wrote, These things have I written unto you that you may know. One of the ways is you're not ashamed of Jesus Christ. Amen. I mean the book matters, and you're not ashamed of Jesus Christ. Amen. First uh, John chapter 2 and <clears throat> verse 29. And look what it says. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. There's evidence. If you're saved, if you believed on Jesus Christ, there is something in you that wants to do right. Amen. Now, your flesh isn't always interested in doing right. That's for sure. Uh, But uh, the Holy Spirit, if you're really saved, the Holy Spirit in you wants to do right every time. And there's a battle. And it says in Galatians 5, verse 17, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And it says they're contrary one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. And it's a crying shame that the flesh wins so often. Amen. Now, the Spirit gets fed when you read your Bible. The Spirit gets fed when you pray, when you commune with God. The Spirit gets fed when you sing those hymns. The Spirit gets fed when you hear preaching and teaching from the Word of God. And let's face it. Uh, uh, compared to the amount of time the flesh dominates your consciousness during the course of a week, the flesh gets a lot more attention. Going to work, sleeping, eating, watching, whatever it is you watch, whatever you do for fun. We're talking about a few hours a week compared to many. And... uh, The flesh gets fed a lot more. There's something supernatural about what goes on with the other things that I just met that'll balance that out, that'll keep that thing uh, in a place where uh, the spirit doesn't have to lose. But, that also means that if you don't come to church, if you don't read your Bible, if you don't break, you may be saved. Praise the Lord. You may believe the book. Definitely the Lord loved you. You may love him. But you're starving the spirit of God. If you're saved, there's something inside of you that wants to do right. (laughs) Amen. And uh, that's the spirit we ought to provide the most nourishment to. My motivation before I was saved uh, for doing right was real simple. It was somehow personal benefit. If I was nice to somebody, if I did something good to somebody, it was the wheels are turning, well, how's that going to come back on me? Or the other thing would be fear of getting caught. And uh, I wish I'd have had more of that than I did because I got caught a few times and it took about five times before I realized this is no fun. I'm too old for this. <laughs> and uh, that's when the Lord sent the gospel and I got saved. Thank you, praying mother. Amen. And I mean that, amen? But uh, now, even though that flesh is strong, and stronger than it should be, and stronger than it would be if I, if, uh, if I ever uh, started neglecting the things that I mentioned, going to church and reading my Bible, uh, but now I want to do right. I do. And I fail sometimes. But something in me, and I know exactly what it is, wants to do right. And sometimes we, we do fail. We do mess. up, we don't always make the right decision. Amen. But that's when the still, small voice of God is in there saying, hey, hey. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Right. Amen. Of course, for some people like me, it would be better if he went, hey! Come on. <laughs> that's what I need, but that's not how he operates. So you're going to have to tune yourself to Him. Amen. So let me ask you this morning, uh, what motivates you to do right? Uh, how it makes you look? I mean, I know people that come to church, to them it's more of a fashion show than it is a thirst for something from the Word of God. I mean, you ought to come to church every time you come with the desire to hear from God. Because God wants to speak to you. It doesn't matter who's preaching, doesn't matter who's teaching, you missed it. doesn't matter if the preacher gets up and he says, "Turn to a passage and you've you know you've studied that out and you may the wheel, here's the thing when the wheels start turning and the preacher says, "Go to this passage and and then you' all these other passages that might line up in your mind. Uh, uh he didn't say, because the Lord didn't tell him to say, and you go to him after and say, oh, preacher, uh, that was good, but what about this, and did, did you ever think of this? And, and I've had people do that. And I'd say, yeah, I mean, you really didn't think I was going to preach every verse and the whole Bible on the subject, did you? And I'd say, by the way, did you hear anything I did say, or just what I didn't say? That's not the way. We've heard such good preaching, except for this week, we've heard such good preaching through the years that rather than come hungry for something from God, we've got our little notebook out, and we, we sit there like we're in a seminar in college. And take my word for it, I read that somewhere. And, uh, and, uh, and it's like, okay, let's see what this guy's got. And let me tell you something. Nobody's got nothing that can feed your soul like a response receptive spirit on your part. God will speak. Preacher alluded to it one day earlier in a week. I've seen God move in the song services. And it's been a long time. I remember when people were hungry for the word of God and one of those songs, those precious songs would get sung and people would tear up. Come to the altar and be reminded that God saved them or, or that God was coming back or, or that God still saves people and friends and burdens that they have or uh, new commitments are made. And, and buddy, all that sets the stage for preaching. Now, we used, in Bible school 30 years ago, we, used to, we there was a class on do, major denominations and we studied how the different denominations conducted their service and they were all and, uh, and we didn't want to, we, we studied them so we wouldn't be like that. We wanted the Spirit of God to have free reign. Yeah, but I hate to tell you, and some of you have been saved a lot longer than me, and you've seen it go from where the Spirit of God had free reign to where we're, we're almost as regimented as everybody else. Yeah, and we just put a check mark, made it that day, went in, went out, took a few notes, highlighted something. And we go on our merry way, and this is turned into religion. Religion wouldn't have held my attention six months. And I'll tell you what, uh, because, you know what, I know I have eternal life. I, maybe I, I just haven't gotten over that yet. So what what motivates you to do right? Fear of getting caught? Can I remind you the Bible says, uh, the eyes of the Lord are in every place. <laughs> Beholding the evil of good. In other words... You're already caught. Oh, yeah. Boy, we forget that. You're already busted. You need to get with God somewhere and get that thing sorted out while you can. Because here's what Christians do, and a case comes to mind. Christians that know better, even some that have done something for God, have gotten themselves involved in some sin, and they know it's wrong, and God is saying, Why don't you get this thing right while well, it's just between me and you? And He convicts, and they don't. And He convicts, and they don't. And you know what He'll do? Sometimes we force God to reveal to a parent, to a spouse, to a pastor. We force God to reveal things that he would have been more than happy to have let you gotten right with when it was just you and him. But now you have to deal with the consequences of other people knowing. That brings the stinking pride into the issue. It complicates everything. If we could keep a heart, tender, and sensitive to the Spirit of God. We're not perfect. We worship, we follow, we believe, we trust the one that is. Amen. And it said, if we know that he is righteous, do we know that? You know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Amen. That Bible says the Holy Spirit, it says in John 16, 8, And when the Comforter has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. And if you're saved, he's in there, he's come, he's in you, and uh, he's interested in helping you work this stuff out, this flesh problem out, while it's just between you and him. Amen. (laughs) Amen. All Christians struggle with the flesh. Let me say it again. Uh, If you don't, I'd be real concerned about eternity. There's millions of people in church this morning, all this whole eastern time zone. Amen? And they're going in and they're going out and there's no conviction and they wouldn't even know what I was talking about because there ain't no Holy Spirit in there. Amen. Uh, That ain't going to end well. All right, last of all, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 14. And it says, we know that we have passed from death unto life, right? That's are you able to follow my thinking here? Uh, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. In other words, is still lost. Uh, uh, I've hit this a few times. You say you 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 bring this up several times in the course of a week and. It's not by design. I don't have an agenda. It's just that it grieves my spirit as I travel around the country to see little things dividing brethren and read the Bible and know that who's the author of division. And Sometimes our conduct is more pleasing to the devil than it is to God. All right? Uh, It says we know that we have passed from death unto life uh, because we love the brethren. Let me just say, I would have never pictured myself fitting in with this crowd. And some of you are thinking, yeah, I know what you mean. (laughs) Amen. So if I ever doubt my salvation, all I have to do is look around. Because I love you guys. I really do. I love the brethren. Jesus said you must be born again. I must be because there's nobody I'd rather be around. Really. And I've been around. And I've been around some, well, I've been around too much. But I love God's people. I really do. And, uh, and uh, that Bible says in Proverbs 20 and verse 6, most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. I need, I want, and I need to be around people that proclaim that the best thing that ever happened to them is Jesus Christ. Amen. And I, I, we need each other, and I've said that, and I'll say it again. I wonder about people who claim to be saved but never or rarely go to church. This is what God set up. This is where God's people, it's not just, oh, I saw you at the grocery store and you chatted in aisle four for a couple seconds. And, oh, I, would, I love the brethren because they're sister so-and-so. God's given us a place to uh, 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 congregate a couple times a week and it ought to be important to you. We're not here because of rules. Amen. amen. And, uh, and I, you know, I don't, I mean, I understand their circumstances. If you got to work or somebody's sick or somebody, some people, man, they come and they, uh, they put their little hour in. And, and as soon as that last amen, they're gone. Yeah. And they don't fellowship with anybody, they're fellowship with somebody. Amen. I just like being around God's people. To me, like I say, it's evidence that I'm saved. Amen. Uh, Where would you rather be when when church is going on than at church? I I know people that come to say, I couldn't make it last night. I had to work, or I had to do this, or I had to do that. They feel bad. And I know people I don't see all week, and they don't don't feel bad at all. They act like they did a favor by coming once. Okay, well, I I got something you didn't get, I'll tell you that. It says, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Now, I'll wrap it up here. Many people believe you can lose your salvation, and sometimes I wonder that if uh, we wouldn't be better off sometimes if we were part of that crew, (laughs) maybe we'd act better. I know this. There are certainly times when we deserve to. But the bottom line, if you're saved, when we say are you saved, if you're saved, you got eternal life. Eternal life. I looked that word up. It means eternal That deep, isn't it? That King James Bible is so hard to understand. Amen. These things have I written written unto you that you may believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know you have eternal life. Are you saved? Do you have eternal life? Are you sure? How do you know? Because the Bible tells you that you can know. All right. There's a lot of things I don't know. I'd be the first to admit it. But I know this: I know where I'm going when I die. And just to be honest with you, I can't think of a better thing to know than that, because this life's flying by, boy. And that don't bother me either. That don't bother me a bit. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this good group. Pray and ask you bless them, Lord, and help the message make sense some way, shape, or form. And may you be pleased with our with our desire to uh, hear from you and worship you at this day. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.